us begin the beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. I want to begin by thanking our, our sponsors for this morning's share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors, Shmuli and Libodinovitz, for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushals this month. And there's Chosav and Aliyah for the Neshama, Avharav Peretz, Avram, Ben Arav, Binyamin Moshe. Thank our week of learning sponsors, Ira and Miriam Grossman, for dedicating the learning this week in loving memory of Miriam's father, Aryeh Ben Moshe, on the occasion of his 20th yard site. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families in Nechama. I will say, before we, uh, before we get started this year, we're just going to take the opportunity to wish everyone a happy 4th of July. And it's incredibly important. You know, there was an interesting article that I saw yesterday that uh, the city of Orlando, I don't know if anyone saw this story, the municipality of Orlando put out a message on their Twitter, what do you call it, Twitter page, Twitter feed, on their Twitter, okay, whatever, they put out a message. And um, wishing everyone a happy 4th of July. And saying, it was interesting, and saying that we understand this year, maybe not everyone feels like celebrating 4th of July. You know, maybe everyone's not so happy with what's happening in the country, Clearly a reference to the Supreme, multiple Supreme Court decisions. And there was interest. They said, but we wish everyone a happy 4th of July. So there obviously was an incredible backlash to it. The Fraternal Order of Police of Orlando said it was like such a shocking message. How can you put out, you know, we understand that people don't celebrate 4th of July. And it was such an interesting musr. Because what happens often in relationships is it's what have you done for me lately? relationships often have a very short memory. So if you've come through for me today, then I love you. If you're doing what I ask of you today, then I love you. But if you've disappointed me, are you something, are you, this something I don't like? I hate you. I, but one second, but we have over 200 years of wonderful relationship history. There's so many wonderful things that have happened in the past. All of that gets erased by the disappointment of the present. And it's so important. In any relationship, there are ups and downs. But the goal is always, even in the midst of the downs, the goal is always to focus and to remember that which is beautiful, that which is good. We are privileged to be citizens of this country. And as much as Jews, like Rabbi Nachman says, every step that I take, I'm always walking closer to Eretz Yisrael. And that's where my heart is. And that is where my soul is. And how have I one day my body will catch up with my heart and my soul? But right now we're here. Right now we're here. And while we're here, we're privileged to be citizens of this incredible country. A country that provides us with safety, with security, with democracy, with the rights to practice our religion, with the ability to learn Torah. We're sitting here learning Dafyomi Baruch Hashem. We're building a shul. We're doing all of these incredible things because of the freedoms we have in this great nation. And those freedoms don't, don't just appear. Those freedoms come on the, on the altar of sacrifice of so many throughout the centuries of this country. And it's so important. You agree, you disagree with the Supreme Court? Great, that's your business. Everyone is entitled. And by the way, part of this democracy is you could disagree if you want to. And you're not going to get... You know, there are countries, there are countries where if you disagree, they won't hear from you. you nobody will hear from you again. Here, you could be as crazy as you want, pretty much as crazy as you want, right? And your free speech is safeguarded. So you want to disagree with the Supreme Court. You want to disagree with anything you want. Gay gesunde hate, as they say, right? Do whatever, disagree. Disagree to your heart's content. 
but appreciate the fact that you can disagree and appreciate the fact that we live in this wonderful country which gives us so much. So on this 4th of July, it's important to say also, that if we have to be in Galos, what a beautiful Galos HaKadosh Baruch Hu has put us in, and what an incredible country HaKadosh Baruch Hu has allowed us to reside in. Voice your opinions, be unhappy with whatever you want to be happy, unhappy with, but make sure that unhappiness never clouds the beautiful bracha that is the United States of America. I want to say with that, let us begin. Let us begin. Oh, one more announcement. There's a siyum this Thursday. Baruch Hashem, if you would like to come to the siyum, it's going to be an incredible, overwhelming, beautiful siyum. Please make your reservations. Again, today's Monday. We're going to try to really get to caterer to final numbers by Tuesday. It's going to be a beautiful night with Eitan Katz. It's going to be absolutely, overwhelmingly amazing. Even if you're not normally the siyum type, you do not want to miss this one. This is going to be, as they say, mashuhu mishuna. It's going to be something out of this world. This coming, th- this coming Thursday night, 7 o'clock p.m., I think I may have sent out the link, maybe yeah. right, a few times, a few times. But please, you know who you are, especially if you're on some of the other text changes that I sent, that I sent out the link to. Make your reservations. Be part of this beautiful simcha. that, let us begin. All right, we should learn a little bit of the daf today also. All right, let's say, so today's daf is Kofi 119. Brand new parak. Incredible new parak. Says the Mishnah. Interesting case. Husband and, and co-wife went overseas. So I'll say, just to illustrate this case, there's Ruvain, husband. He's married to Rachel and Leah. By the way, not sisters. Not sisters, right? Rachel and Leah, just two co-wives. What happens? Reuven goes overseas with Rachel. With Rachel. So what happens? And Leah stays behind. So they come back and they tell Leah, your husband, your husband died. Now we'll say, she gets word that her husband died, but no word about what? No word about what? Rachel. No word about Rachel. Now what's the concern here? I will say the concern is what happened to Rachel, and for that matter, Rachel's state. When I mean state, what do I mean? Remember, when Ruvain and Rachel went overseas, there were no children. Which means that as it stands now, if Ruvain's dead, Leah's subject to Yibum. Unless, of course, what? Rachel had a child while overseas. So now Leah gets information back that Ruvain is dead, and what happens? Rachel gets information that Reuven is dead. So now, but she doesn't know what the story with Rachel is. So what's that, Lachal? Lo tinosim velotis yabim, ad sheteido shema mu'uberes hitzarasa. So Rabbi say, Leah can't do anything. She can't do yibum, and she can't do, right? She can't get remarried. She can't get remarried to someone else. So she can't do yibum until she finds out what's going on with Rachel, right? In other words, what I want to point out, it's not even just a matter of Rachel is dead or alive. What is it a matter of? Did Rachel have a child? Did Rachel have a child while overseas? And if so, did that child outlive Ruvain or not? All of that is going to impact Leah. So the Gemara says, Ultimately, again, out of concern, is Rachel pregnant? So I will say, even without, see, even without getting too, too morose that Rachel's dead, let's just find out what happened to Rachel. And is Rachel pregnant or not? Because if Rachel is pregnant, then obviously, again, there's going to be no yibum. There's going to be no, assuming she give, delivers a child, right? There's going to be no yibum. And halacha at that point, Leah would be permitted to marry into the general population. That's case number one. Haisalachamos, who will say is an interesting case. What happens? What happens if Leah has a mother in law overseas? 
best kind of mother-in-law. Sa- says the Mishnah, right? Haisala Chamos, right? Rashi says over here, Rashi says, Haisala Chamos b'medinas hayam. So she has a mother-in-law who lives overseas. So look at Rashi. Ukeshiyatsa lo haya la ben. Ve'en yavam lezu. And so we'll say, here's case number two. Case number two is where Ruvain goes overseas with his mother. Ruvain's mother, Rachel's mother-in-law. So I'll say, see now what happened. When Ruvain and his mother-in-law left, Ruvain was an only child. So what's the Shaila? The Shaila now is maybe, did mother-in-law become pregnant overseas? Did mother-in-law become pregnant overseas? In other words, perhaps Ruvain has a sibling. So remember again, when mother-in-law and Ruvain left, so Rachel was not subject to Yibam. Again, why was she not subject to Yibam? Because her husband had no brother. So I'll say, see now watch this. If her mother-in-law and husband go overseas, and then she gets word that her husband dies, she needs not be concerned, she need not be concerned that what? That maybe overseas, her mother-in-law had a child, and in fact, Rachel is subject to Yibum. However, if mother-in-law, when she left overseas, was pregnant, then under those circumstances, of course, then Rachel would have to be Choshesh, that she is subject to Yibum. Incredible. Rabbi Shor B'Shua says, no, in a Choshesh's, even in that case, even in that case, Rachel doesn't have to be Chosheshes that she has a brother-in-law. Now, both say, now that's interesting. If the mother-in-law left while pregnant, right? If she went overseas while pregnant, so why would Rachel not have to be Chosheshes that she's subject to Yibum? So look at the last Rashi in the Mishnah. Eno Chosheshes, because there's the the possibility that even though mother-in-law went overseas while pregnant, possibility number one is what? She miscarried. And even if she didn't miscarry, maybe she had a girl. Maybe she had a girl. So the statistical probability of Rachel having a brother-in-law, Rabbi Yeshua says, is so low that she does not have to be chosheshes for it. Good. So we'll say three different cases in the Mishnah. Beautiful. So let's analyze. So first of all, the Gemara says, we'll say in case number one, which we're going to spend the majority of our time focusing on over here, right? So in case number one, here's what we have. A woman went overseas, right? Rachel went overseas. Rachel went overseas with Shem, with Ruvain, right? So again, Ruvain's married to Rachel and Leah. So I think I'm using the names interchangeably. I'm sorry, right? Let's just keep it easy. We always use Rachel as the woman left behind. So let's go ahead. Ruvain, Ruvain goes overseas with Leah. Let's keep it easy. Ruvain goes overseas with Leah. So now what happens? Rachel stays behind, gets word that Ruvain is dead. That Ruvain is dead. What does the Mishnah Paskin? What does Mishnah Paskin? Rachel can't do anything. She can't do Yibum, and she also can't marry into the general pool. Until what? Until what? Until she finds out, is Leah pregnant or not? So we'll say the first thing the Gemara asks is, the wording of the Mishnah in the third line down of the Mishnah is, At sheteda shema mu'uberes hitzarasa. Until she finds out if her co-wife is pregnant. So ask the Gemara, I don't say, my hitzarasa. Why do you have to add in that? Why do you have to say, well, just say, until she knows, tsarasa. What do you mean, he tsarasa, her co-wife? Says the Gimar HaKamash Malon, It's very important to teach us that Rachel only has to be concerned with the co-wife she knows about. In other words, Rebos say, you might have thought that maybe there's another concern in this whole thing. What's the other concern? That maybe overseas, what happened? Ruvain married someone else also. 
Reuven married someone else also. Right? So maybe, again, there's even another co-wife over here. Maybe she has to be concerned. Maybe he married another woman. And maybe Allah said that other woman is pregnant as well. Because Gemara says, no, no, no. That Rachel doesn't have to worry about. The only thing Rachel has to know about are the marriages she knows about. So she knows that Reuven went overseas with Leah. She now knows that Reuven is dead. What she doesn't know is what? Is Leah pregnant or not? So she has to find out if Leah is, in other words, not that she has to find out, she has to wait to find out what Leah's status is. Uh, that's what it means. In other words, right now, right, Mishra is assuming that all this is kind of happening sometime soon. So correct, if it happened two years later, it might be, is there a baby? Right now, they're just saying pregnancy as a child. In other words, if she's, remember, if Leah is pregnant, if Leah is pregnant, Rachel would still have to wait to do anything to see if she delivered a viable child. Says the Gemara. So again, remember, in this case, so remember, Rachel can't get married, right? She can't marry into the general population, nor could she do Yibum. So so I understand why she can't do Yibum. So I understand why she can't do Yibum, right? Why can't she do Yibum? Because let's play this out. If we let Rachel marry Ruvain's brother Shimon in an act of Yibum, and what? It turns out that Leah the co-wife who was overseas with Ruvain was pregnant, then it turned out that Rachel engaged in an Isser da'oraisa of marrying her brother-in-law. Okay, I understand why I can't do that. But why can't, why can't we let her get remarried? In other words, let's let her get remarried into the general pool. Why? is Rebbe say, watch this. Rebbe say, let's, let, let's do this, right? So what, what, what's, what's the, what's the Iker Shaila in this case over here? Our Iker Shaila is, is Leah pregnant, right? Did Leah have a kid? Is she pregnant? Or did she have a kid with Ruvain? So let's analyze this. Let's go after the majority of women, right? Now the majority of women, the majority of women who are trying to have children become pregnant and have children. So if that's the case, then why don't we rely on Rov? And Rov tells us that what? that Ruvain and Leah, what, what, had a kid. And if they had a kid, then Rachel is not subject to Yibam. So why can't we just rely on Rov and just allow Rachel to go ahead and get married? Again, in the general population, so it's such an interesting argument. In other words, I know that I can't allow Rachel to do Yibam unless, of course, there's absolute clarity. Because remember, again, if you're wrong about Yibam, I will say, what have you done? What have you done? An Isra Kares. An Isra Kares. So I understand they can't even, but again, to allow her to marry into the general population, why can't our lion rove? Rove women who want to have children become pregnant and have children. So follow the rove. Chances are then the rove tells me that indeed Ruvain and Leah had a kid. Rachel should be able to remarry. To which the Gemara Salim Rabbi Meir, he, the Chayesh it must be that our Mishnah reflects the view of Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Meir is Choshesh for the Miut. So I will say Rabbi Meir, says that halacha has to take into account the minority as well. What's the minority? What would be the minority in this case? What would be the minority in this case? Women who don't have children. That would be the minority. And therefore, again, Rabbi Meir would say, the minority says it's possible that Reuben and Leah didn't have a kid. If Reuben and Leah didn't have a kid, then halacha lemaisa, Rachel is not permitted to go ahead and simply marry into the general pool without Tibum or Chalitza. To which the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, 
It could even be the Rabbanon. Rabbi will say, why? Listen to this. This is fascinating. Ki azli Rabbanon basa ruba, ruba di isa kamon. Rabbi will say, in general, when do the Rabbanon go after the rove? This is fascinating. With a rove that we could see with our own eyes. It literally means with a rove that is in front of us. When do the Rabbanon say, follow the majority? When it is a, we'll call it visible and discernible majority. What's an example of that? Kigon, Teisha Chanuyov's the Sanhedri. We'll say, you know, the paradigmatic case of Rove is we'll say, imagine again, there are 10 stores, 10 stores. None of them sell kosher meat, right? One of them sells non-kosher meat. And you find a piece of meat in the street. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? You could assume it's kosher. Basa Rove. So the Gemara suggests maybe the Rabbanon hold of Rove in that kind of case. We're like, it's a rove that it's in front of us. The Issei Kaman, in other words, I can see it. I can see it with my own eyes. Or Sanhedrin, what's the case of Sanhedrin? You have a vote in the Sanhedrin, and the majority rules a certain way. That's a rove that I could see with my own eyes. However, but maybe with a rove that you can see with your own eyes. They both say, what's a rove you can't see with your own eyes? What's a rove you can't see with your own eyes? that the majority of women who want to have children have children. I don't know, I, I can't, it's not, you can't necessarily see that with your own eyes, whether or not that's actually true. I, I, I believe it, I believe it's a rove. Seems that's the way the world works, that it's a rove, but Lamaisa, it's different. I can't discernibly, visibly see it right in front of me. So maybe even the Rabbanon will say that relying on rove in this case will not work. But one second, that's not true. The Rabbanon hold of a rove, even when it's not a visible and discernible rove. How do I know that? Watch this. The case of katan and kitana is not a visible and discernible rove. Yet what? Yet the Rabbanon still follow the rove. The say, what's the rove we're talking about over here? The Sanya. Here we go. Katan uktana is fascinating. We saw this before. Remir holds that a cotton and a kitana cannot do chalitza or yibum. We'll discuss why this is in just a moment. These words are Remir. Amrulul Remir. The Rabbana says Remir. I understand. Yafa Amarta Shein Cholten. I understand that a cotton and a kitana can't do chalitza. Why not? Ish ksiv b'parsha. Rabbosai by the parsha of chalitza. What does the pasuk say? Ish. Rabbosai. What does ish mean? What does ish mean? An adult man. An adult man. And about say we compare the Yavam to the Yavama, just like the Yavam has to be an adult man in Ish, so to the Yavama has to be an adult woman. But say, why can't? Why can't a katan do yibum? So Abba say Rabbi Meir will say like this. We saw this. Because what? Because Rabbi Meir, remember, Rabbi Meir is the one who's choshesh for the miyot. He holds that you have to be concerned in halacha even for a possibility, even a minor possibility. So what is Rabbi Meir concerned about? You can't allow a katan and a katana to do yibam. Why not? Maybe the katan is going to be a stress incapable of having children. Maybe the katana is going to be an islandist incapable of having children. And what halacha is, stress and an islandist don't do yibum. Now, both sides, any time where you have a union that can't produce children, that union is an Isra Daraisa in a Yibam context. That Yibam is an Isra Daraisa. So Ramir says, you can't let a katan and a katana do Yibam. Verabonan Savri, Dil Basaruba Tiktanim Verov Ktanim Lav Swisininhu. 
Zilbasa Rov Kitanus, the Rov Kitanus Lav Islandus Ninhu. Now we'll say, but the Rabbanans say, no, go after the Rov. The majority of boys are not a Swiss, and the majority of girls are not an Islandus. Then I will say, what is this an example of? This is an example of a Rov that is not in front of us. The Lesei Kamon. Then I will say, just to understand the distinction, there's a Ruba de Isei Kamon, which is a row that is clearly visible and discernible. That's why the example of nine stores, right? It's really 10 stores. Nine are kosher, one's not kosher. There's a piece of meat in front of me that is an actively discernible row that I could see right in front of me. Versus this row, the majority of, of boys are not a Saris, the majority of girls are not an islandist. I know it, it makes logical sense, but I don't see it right in front of me. So you see from here, then Allah Chalamaisa, that I've been on hold of rove, even when it's not a discernible and visible rove. Rather, so what do you have to say? Ella, Rabbi Meirhi. Therefore, I will say, what do you have to say? You have to say that halacha our Mishnah goes ahead and our Mishnah follows Rabbi Meir. So I will say, so let's pause here for just a moment. So what the Gemara is suggesting as follows is like this. Let's go back to the case. Reuven goes overseas with his co with his wife, Leah. Right? Rachel stays behind. Le- Rachel gets word that Ruvain is dead. What is the Mishnah Paskin? The Mishnah Paskin's Rachel cannot go ahead and do Yibum or marry until she finds out what? Whether or not Leah is pregnant. Whether or not Leah is pregnant. So remember again, the Gemara asks, I don't understand. I don't understand. Halacha Lamayis, I understand why she can't do Yibum. I get that. Right? Because there's a potential Isidoraisa. And if Rachel's pregnant, uh, good. But let her marry. Let her marry. Right? Why? Go after the rove. And I will say, what does the rove tell me? What does the rove tell me? Most women get pregnant and give birth. Which means the rove would tell me that what? Ruvain and Leah, either Leah is pregnant or already had a kid. Let her get married. It must be that the Mishnah reflects the view of Rabbi Meir. And Rabbi Meir is the one who's choshesh even for the miut, even for the minority possibility. And what's the minority possibility here? The minority possibility is that ultimately, again, Leah did not have a kid. Did not have a kid or is not pregnant. And that's why I have to be Choshesh. And therefore, Rachel cannot do Yibum, nor can Rachel marry. Good. We'll say that's what the Gemara is, that, that's, that's what the Gemara is holding right now. So it says the Gemara, okay, let's analyze. So now you just set up the first case of Mishnah. Like Rabbi Meir, or at least I'll say the Mishnah like Rabbi Meir, who's choshesh for the miyot. Here's the problem. Emosefa, look at the end of the Mishnah. So what was the end of the Mishnah? Emosefa, haisalachamos inochosheshes. They will say, watch this. If she had a mother-in-law, so we'll say, remember again, what's the case over here? Ruvain's overseas now with his mother-in-law, right? His mother, sorry, Ruvain's mother, Rachel's mother-in-law. Now remember again, when they left for their trip, what was Rachel's yibum status? Not something. Why? Why? Ruvain is an is an only child. So the Mishnah says, if Rachel gets word that Ruvain died, she doesn't have to be choshesh that what? Maybe her mother-in-law had a kid overseas. Okay. So says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Right? She doesn't have to. So again, she hears that her husband died. She doesn't have to worry about the possibility that maybe her mother-in-law had a kid overseas and maybe Rachel really is subject to Yibam. Says the Gemara, why? Am I? Halach acharov nashim, verov nashim mis abros violdos. We'll say after all, we could say the following. If you go after the rove, right? Now remember again, what's the rove? The rove is 
most women have children, right? Most women get pregnant and have children. Now watch this. Miot mapilos, of some segment of pregnancies, a minority miscarries. The chalayoldos, now out of that majority that carries the baby full term, the chalayoldos, mechzaz charim, that I both say, remember, remember, out of the out of the majority that carries full term, the Gemara used lotion of mechza. Okay, mechza, whether mechza means 50%, not 50%, is not really important for now, but close enough, right? Half of those give birth to boys, half of those give birth to girls. So I will say now what so just this is just surprising. Look what you have. So you have rove women get pregnant and give birth. Miut, minority, miscarry. Miscarry, out of the majority that give birth, half give birth to boys, half give birth to girls. Now, I was saying, now watch this. So watch this. Take the minority, right, I should say, combine the minority that miscarry with the half that give birth to girls. And I will say, it turns out that what? There's only a minority possibility that when a woman gives birth, she gave birth to what? To a boy. And I will say, this is still problematic. Why? Who do we just say that the Mishnah, whose opinion does the Mishnah reflect? Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir is Choshesh for the Miut. If that's the case, then why aren't we Choshesh for the Miut possibility that Ruvain's mother gave birth to a boy while overseas? In which case again, Velechosh, in which case again, I will say, hear this, hear this, we have a Miut. Again, for the Rabbanon, there's absolutely no problem. But for Rabbi Meir, who is Choshesh for the Miut, at the end of the day, shouldn't there be a concern for the possibility that Ruvain's mother did in fact give birth to a, a Miut, a small possibility that she gave birth to another boy while overseas. The Rabbanon say, we don't worry about Miut. But Rabbi Meir, who is Choshesh for Miut, this should once again halachically paralyze Rachel. And this possibility should prevent her ultimately, obviously, from, well, she can't do Yibam because she doesn't know if she has a brother or not, but she also can't remarry. To which the Gemara says, Maybe it's different over here, I will say. Because remember, when Reuven went overseas with her, with his mother, what was Rachel's chazaka? What was her chazaka? Her chazaka, I will say, was that she was not subject to Yibam because her brother has no siblings. So maybe in this case, because she has a chazaka, of being permitted to marry into the general population, that chazaka says you don't have to worry about the miyot, that maybe her mother-in-law had a boy. For the Gemara says, one second. Reishad is chazak li'ibom tiyabim. If you're going to use chazakas, in the first case, Shabbosai, where what? Where Reuven went overseas with Leah. Again, in that case, we know Reuven has a brother. Reuven has a brother Shimon. So we should say that Rachel's chazaka is what? That she's subject to yibom. And let her do move on, move on with her life. Amrab Nachman, Amrab Baravua, Reisha de Isr Kares Chashashu. I will say here's the difference in the Reisha where there's an Isr Kares. The Isr Kares, I remember again in the Reisha, is where Reuven has a brother Shimon. So remember again, the concern is we can't let her do Yibum because if we're wrong about the Yibum, then Allah says it's an Isr Kares. Because he can't let her do Yibum, we also can't let her marry into the general population. Seifa de Isr Lav Lo Chashashu. But I will say in the Seifa, in the Seifa, the second case, where the worst case scenario is that we're dealing with a lav, we, we ultimately, again, don't have to be choshesh. To which the Gemara says, we never do that. Amarava, michti, hada v'hada mali iser kares, mali iser lav. And I will say, you know, when it comes to measuring iser, 
We measure Isser by the source of the Isser, not by what? Not by the punishment of the Isser. So if something is an Isser Da'oraisa, whether it's an Isser Da'oraisa punishable by Malkus, right? Or by Kares, an Isser Da'oraisa is an Isser Da'oraisa. Ela Amarava, rather I will say, Rava says like this. I will say, this is fascinating. Reisha Amadeis, Reisha Chazaka, here we'll say, Watch this, by the way. This is going to be some fancy halachic work over here. This is incredible. Reisha, here we go. We'll remember again, what's the Reisha case? What's the Reisha case? Reuven goes overseas with, with Rachel. I'm sorry, with Leah. And I remember again, I'll say in this case, the Mishnah doesn't say it, but, but it's assumed from the way this is working out. Reuven has a brother, Shimon. Right? So we already have his brother, Shimon. Good guy, normal guy, right? Shimon, fine. So now remember again, Reuven is going overseas with Leah. When they leave overseas, they'll say, what's the, chi- what's the child situation? Child situation? No kids. No kids. Now, what's happened? Reuven goes overseas with Leah, right? Rachel gets word that Reuven is dead. What does the Mishnah say? What's, what's, Le- what's Rachel's psak? What's her psak? Gotta wait. No yibum, no marriage in the general population. Gotta wait to see what happened with, what, with her, what happened with Leah. So watch this. Reisha, chazakali yibum. Now, they'll say, in the Reisha case, when Reuven goes overseas, Rachel's chazaka, her presumed status is what? That she is subject to evil, right? That, that's her presumed status. Now, Bosa, now watch this. Now the rove, well, this is incredible. Her chazaka is that she should do evil. But we'll say, what does the rove teach us in that case? Her rove does what? Remember again, what's the rove, Rabosai? What does rove teach us? Majority of women what? Have kids. Which the rove tells us that what happened overseas? What happened overseas? Ruvain had a kid with Leah. So we'll say here. This this is riveting. The chaz, so Rachel's chazaka chazaka is that she's subject to yibum, right? The rove tells us that what she really should be free to marry anyone she wants because the rove ultimately tells us that Ruvain and Leah had a kid. The chazaka lo adif kiruba. Here's the problem. Chazaka is not any stronger than Rov. Rabbi said, do you see what's happening over here? We have a clash, right? Rachel has a halachic clash. The Rov tells us that, old, I'm sorry, the Chazaka tells us that she's subject to Yibam. The Rov tells us that she's not subject to Yibam, that she's permitted to go and marry anyone she wants because Reuven and Leah had a kid overseas. The problem is Chazaka lo adiv ki ruba. The Chazaka... Ultimately, again, it's not as strong as the rove. Watch this. Here's the problem. Not the problem. Now you also have a miut. They both say, what's the miut? What's the miut? Right? The minority. What, what, what's the miut? The miut is some women miscarry. Some women miscarry. Now watch this. So the Gemara says, So we'll say, watch what happens over here. You take the miut that some women miscarry. Combine that with the chazaka. Rabbi say, what's her chazaka? What's her chazaka? That she is subject to yibum, and you put that up against the rove. Vahavile palga upalga. So Rabbi say, normally, normally rove would win over chazaka. It's interesting. Rove is stronger than chazaka. Rabbi say, by the way, just an interesting idea. Why is rove stronger than chazaka? Why? Why? Rove. What does rove tell you? Rov tells you what is, what is. What does Chazaka tell you? What was. 
See, Chazaka says what we could assume what was is what is. Rov tells you what is. And therefore, normally, Rabbi Osayim, normally, Rov is stronger than Chazaka. Rabbi Osayim, by the way, do you hear the profound hashkafa in that as, as well? I will say, what is, is so much stronger than what was. You see, sometimes we get so hung up on our past. We get so hung up on the mistakes, on the missteps, right? And so often we get paralyzed by what was. I have a chazaka. What's my chazaka? My chazaka is that I am a chote. That's my, my, my chazaka. My chazaka is I'm a failure. My chazaka, how do I have that chazaka? Oh, look, look at my track record, right? Playback, playback speaks for itself, right? The record stands on its own. My chazaka ultimately is that I've, but my rove, what, what does my rove say? My rove says, now in this moment, I've got it together. But so often, so often, I both say we assume, we assume that the historical record always trumps. The historical record always goes ahead and outweighs that which is, because the historical record, there's a whole record, there's a whole record. What does the halacha say? What does the halacha say? Rove is always stronger than chazaka. Because what is, what you're doing now with your life in this moment is so much stronger than what was. What was, was. What was, was. And by itself, if there's no better rove, if there's no better present, then ain't achinami, all I have is my past. But if I'm willing and able to build a stronger present, then that stronger present, that stronger robe could totally eclipse what was. What is is stronger than what was. So we'll say back to the Gemara. So now watch this. This is fascinating. So we'll say, so Rachel, Rachel is standing before us. And here's what we have. On one hand, the Chazaka tells us that she's subject to Yibum. Because the Chazaka is, right? Remember again, the Chazaka is her husband and co-wife left and there's no kids. And there's no kids. So the Chazaka tells us she's subject to Yibum. The Rove tells us, Rove tells us, she's not subject to Yibam. Why? Because the majority of women become pregnant and have children. But there's a miut. And the miut by itself, what? The miut by itself says, some women miscarry. So normally, the rove would be stronger than the chazaka. But now, what do I do? I take the miut. I combine it with the chazaka. So the miut mapilos, the chazaka that she's subject to Yibam, that combined paints a picture of no children. Put that up against the rove. And when you put them on two sides of the scale, what do you have? Vahavile, palgu, palga. I will say pretty much, they kind of like balance each other out or cancel each other out. Therefore, the default status of Rachel is lotina sevelotisyabe. So I will say, so she's, it's status quo. It's status quo, which means she can't do yibum, right? She can't do yibum. Why? Because on one side of the scale, what do you have? What do you have? You have the rove. She also can't marry to the general populace. Why? Because what does she have on the other side of the scale? The Chazaka and the Miyot. We'll say, what a Gemara. What a Gemara. What a Gemara. Sefer, we'll say, what about the second case? Remember again, what was the second case? Mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. Remember again, Ruven goes overseas with his mother-in-law. We'll say, remember again, at the time they go overseas, what's Rachel's status? What's her Chazaka al-Sibum? What's her Chazaka? No Yibum. Why? Why? No siblings. What are we concerned about now? What are we concerned about? That maybe overseas, mother-in-law had a kid, and now Ruvain has a sibling. So that when Ruvain dies, maybe Rachel Sabshim. So watch this. Seifa, Chazaka Lashuk. Watch this. So the Seifa is, I will say, listen to this. The Seifa, the second case of the mother-in-law is, her Chazaka, when her husband and mother-in-law go overseas, is what? She is permitted to marry anyone. Why? She has no brother-in-law. Okay. Rav will say, what does the Rav say? Remember again, what does the Rav say? What does the Rav say? 
What is the rov? What's the rov? Majority of women give birth. Great. That's what, a rov, what does rov tell me? What does rov tell me? That Allah Lamaisa, Rachel can also mat, right? So the rov says that majority of women give birth. If that's the case, Viruba Lashok. So the Gemara says, Now watch this. Here's what's fascinating. So now take a look at Rashi for just a moment. See, now we watch this. The rove says majority of women give birth. That's true. But remember again, majority of women who give birth, some minority miscarry, and even those who carry full term, what? Half of them, what? Give birth to a girl. Rebos, remember again, a girl is not going to change Rachel's Yibum status. So watch this. In this case, Rebos, because remember again, in order to change Rachel's status, what do you need? A son, a brother-in-law, a brother-in-law. So I watch this. So now, so Rachel's Chazaka in the beginning of this case, her Chazaka is that she's not subject to Yibum. Even the rove doesn't change that Chazaka. Because the rove says majority of women become pregnant and give birth. Okay, that, that's just fine. But there's a minority of those that miscarry. And even those who carry full term, 50% of them go ahead and give birth to girls. You take the minority that miscarry, combine that with the 50% that give birth to girls, and Lamaisa Rachel has absolutely nothing to worry about. So the Imar Vrubal Ashuk, Miuta de Miuta, Umiuta de Miuta lo Hashemir. So listen to this. Therefore, the possibility. That Rachel's mother-in-law had a boy is what Rabbi said, not a miut, not a miut. What do we call it? Miuta de miuta. It's a minority of a minority. And even Rabbi Meir, who is choshesh for the miut, is only choshesh for a real miut, a real minority, not a miuta de miuta, not a minority of minority. Absolutely, stunningly, overwhelmingly, particularly, spectacularly beautiful Gemara. Incredible. So say, so bottom line, just to condense it, the Mishnah follows Rabbi Meir. Okay, good. That's it. Right? That's good. So let's say, so that's, the, but now we've seen how all of the cases fit in. Beautiful. This is what the same Rabbi Meir, but we only have another few minutes, so we have to finish up. Says the Gimara. So we'll say, here's the Shaila. So now, okay, let's go. All, all this is about case number one. So we'll say, what do, what do I have in case number one? In case number one, so remember again, one more time. Ruvain, Ruvain goes overseas with Leah. Right, right, they leave no children. They leave no children. Rachel is left behind. Rachel gets word that what? Reuven is dead. Reuven is dead. Okay, so we'll say, so what's Rachel's status? What, what does she do now? What does she do now? Pretty much nothing. In other words, she, she can't do Yibum and she can't get remarried until when she finds out what's happening with Leah. So I'll say, so the Shaila is like, how long? Like, what does this mean? Like for the rest of her life, she has to track down Leah. Is that, is that what this is? To which the Gemara says, Uli Olam? Like, is this, is this forever? Is it Rashi says, Uli Olam? Right across in Rashi. Bitmiyah, I don't understand. Why do you have to keep Rachel in limbo? There's a very simple answer. I'll say, what's the simple answer? What's the simple answer? To Chalitza. There's one of two possibilities over here. Either Leah does have a kid or Leah doesn't have a kid. If Leah does have a kid, Rachel can marry anyone she wants, right? 
if Rachel doesn't have a kid, then, 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 if, sorry, sorry, if Leah, sorry, Leah, right? One or two possibilities. Either Leah does have a kid or Leah doesn't have a kid. If Leah does have a kid, then Rachel can marry anyone she wants. If Leah doesn't have a kid, then what? Rachel's subject to Yibam. And therefore, all she has to do is what? Let her do Chalitza. Let her do Chalitza and move on. In other words, I understand if you want to take a little bit of time to be mevarer, what's happening over here. But Lamaisa, at the end of the day, forever she's going to be stuck in this status or the Olam. Amr no, no, no. So listen to this. Amr Ziri, li'atzma shloshe chadashim, u'lechaberta tisha v'choletes mimanavshach. Rabbi Ziri says like this. Look, Rachel has to wait anyway three months. Right? In other words, in general, there's three months. There's a three-month waiting period. Right? Havchana. So that anyway, she has to go ahead and wait three months. And for Leah to figure out what happened, she just has to wait nine months. She waits nine months. At the end of nine months, if there's still no clarity, cholatzes, she does chalitza. She does chalitza. And I will say one way or another after chalitza, she's good to go, right? Because again, if she's actually a chalitza, right? If she was actually subject to yibum, chalitza takes care of it. And if she wasn't subject to yibum, Chalitza, remember again, doesn't really impact her negatively one way or the other. Look at Rashi. Remember again, that obligation to wait three months is just an across-the-board obligation. So we'll say that's Ziri. Ziri says, wait three months, wait three months for her, nine months or another six months to find out what happened to the co-wife. If we have no resolution, chalitza, move on. Rabbi Hanina Amar, no. Rabbi Hanina says, the atzma shlosha, she has to wait three months for herself. But to find out, to find out what happened ultimately again to her co-wife, she has to wait forever. forever. So Rashi says over here, love. So I will say, very strong, Rabbi Hanina says, she has to wait. She has to find out, was there a baby, was there not a baby? Says, why? Just let her do chalitza. I don't understand, what, what's, what's the big deal over here? Just let her do chalitza. You could remedy the entire situation. So I will say, it's actually quite fascinating. Abai bar Avin, Rabbi Hanina bar Avin, Amri, they both said, Vlad ben Chayama. They both say, what are we concerned about? Maybe Leah did have a kid. Maybe Leah did have a kid. Now we'll say, if that's the case, if Leah did have a kid, then what's Rachel's status? What's Rachel's status? Re to remarry, no, no chalitza. What's the problem? Now we'll say, what's the concern? The concern is, if Rachel does chalitza, right? So we'll say, what's her status after she does chalitza? She's a chalutz. Who can she marry? Who can't she marry? A kohen. Now what happens if it turns out that Leah did have a kid, Rachel was never really subject to Yibum, and therefore she's not the Chalutza. If she's not the Chalutza, then what? Then what? She's permitted to marry a Kohen. Now you're going to have to make an announcement that she's really permitted to marry into the Kahuna. So Rashi says, Matzricha Kruz, Lahakriz, Shalohai Sekuna, Umutar Sekuna. So I will say, So fine, Velitzricha, fine. So just make an announcement. In other words, what's, I don't understand. What's, what's, in other words, I will say, What's the alternative? The alternative is she can't do anything until we find out what happened with Leah. So what's the worst case scenario? Let her do chalitza if you were wrong. And she didn't need chalitza, why? Because Leah had a kid. Fine, you'll make an announcement, right? You'll, you'll, take, out, you'll take out a couple of ads and you'll say again, 
we're happy to announce that Rachel is not a chalutza. Ay, she did chalitza. It's a matter of confusion. She's good to go to the kuna. Tell all the shatchanim. Dilma ika dahavi b'hai chalitza v'lohavi b'achraza v'amri kasharu chalutza l'koen. Rabbi Osei, here's the concern. There's a public, there's a public concern. The public concern, as Rabbi Osei, is there might be some people who are aware of Rachel's chalitza and will not be aware of the announcement. And if they see her sometime later on marrying a Kohen, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? They're going to mistakenly think that a chalutza could marry a Kohen. In other words, they're both saying, this is these difficult situations where sometimes the individual, the individual is dealt with in a more stringent fashion in order to safeguard the greater good of the community. See, there's a concern over here. There's a concern over here that if we just do chalitza for Rachel, and then it turns out, that, which is fine, that remedies her, but if it turns out then that she didn't need chalitza, and we have to announce that she didn't need chalitza, she's permitted to marry a Kohen, and then she marries a Kohen, people are going to see that what? Some people might have been there by the chalitza, won't hear about the announcement, will see Rachel marrying a Kohen, and will erroneously think that a chalutza could marry a Kohen. And I will say, in these type of situations where you run the risk of corrupting genealogical halacha, Chazal felt you have to take a more stringent stance. And therefore, Rabbi Hanina says, Rabbi Hanina, I'm sorry, Abai Bar Abin, and Rabbi Hanina, I'm sorry, what Rabbi Hanina says, halacha lamaisa, she really can't do anything until we find out definitively what happened with Leah. The Gemara says, Tanan, we'll say, let's finish up. So we'll, see, we'll actually see this Gemara. I'm sorry, we saw this, we saw this Mishnah. So we'll say, let's say again, Rachel goes overseas with Ruvain. This is Rachel and Ruvain. And she goes, she leaves town and she wasn't pregnant. And she says, I had a child while overseas. And she says, my son died and then my husband died. So what's Talacha? Ne'emenes, ne'emenes. She's believed. Why is she believed? Because that testimony doesn't stare. It, 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 it keeps the status. So she's subject to Yibam. Meis ba'li v'achakach meis b'ni. But if she says, my husband died and then my son died, e'na ne'emenes. She's not believed. I will say, why is she not believed? Because that testimony <laughs> fundamentally changes her status. The Gemara says, however, v'choshishin lidvareha. But we are choshesh ultimately again for her words. V'cholatzes v'lo misyabemes. And ultimately, again, she does chalitza. She does chalitza, but not yibum. Ay, v'lechosh. Why aren't we concerned over here? Dilma asu edim v'amri kidika Maybe, again, Allah lamayi say edim will come. And back up what she's saying. V'nimtza atamatsuicha kruz l'kahuna. And again, once again, you're going to require an announcement about the kahuna. Amra papa begrusha. That's talking about a case where the woman was already a grusha. The woman in the question of Yerabo say Allah was already previously divorced from her previous marriage. And therefore, what? ineligible to marry a Kohen. Rabbi Chiyabari Dravhuna Amar Ba'amra Anivahu Anivahu Nechbu Bema'ara. Rabbi Papa says, what's the case? The case is where she claims my husband and I were the only people hiding out together and therefore there's no one else who's able to give testimony. So I both say, what you see come out of this sugi is something very interesting. The way the Mishnah seems to deal with Rachel in case number one, I will say so again. So remember, Reuven is going overseas with Leah, the co-wife, right? Rachel stays behind. She gets word that Reuven died. She gets word that Reuven died. What is the Mishnah Paskin? She's got away. She can't do anything until she figures out 
what happened with Rachel. I says the Gemara, why? Now, she's going to have to wait anyway three months before she gets remarried. How long does she have to investigate what happened to, what happened to Leah? What happened to Leah? So, we'll say, so Ziri says, nine months. Rabbi Hanina says, no, as long as it takes. As long as it takes, why does she have to wait so long? Because we'll say, what are we concerned about? If we let her do Chalitza, if we let her do Chalitza now, right? And then what? It turns out that Rachel had a kid and therefore she wasn't subject to Chalitza. We're going to have to make an announcement. What's the announcement? Rachel is eligible to marry into the Kahuna. You'll say, who cares? We care because there might be somewhere by the Chalitza and not by the announcement. And if they see Rachel marrying a Kohen, they will erroneously think that a Chalitza is permitted to marry a Kohen. Sefer Abosai Zi'iri, or Rabbi Hanina, is so concerned about this that he says, Rachel, don't do anything until you find out definitively what happened with Leah. And Rabosai, that is indeed how the Rambam Paskin is as well. Out of the concern that people will become confused about a Chalutza's ability to marry a Kohen, we tell Rachel, you got to figure out what happened first with Leah before you're able to take action. We'll say, Shkoyach. We'll start to pick up with the Mishnah Meretz Hashem next week. Or next week, sorry. Tomorrow. By next week, I meant tomorrow. Thrown off by this whole Sunday schedule on Monday. Meretz Hashem, we'll continue tomorrow. Shkoyach, we'll say.